Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shook Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. We are diving into 2018 with a juicy topic. There is so much talk, both positive and negative, around balance. Everyone is either trying to achieve more balance in their lives or rejecting the idea of balance completely. I actually think it's time to redefine what balance means, and from my viewpoint, that is an individual definition. So today, Laura and I are talking about balance. We also veer into the topic of the masculine and feminine and some perspective on the imbalance we perceive in the world. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to theliberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Laura Shook-Guzman. Happy New Year, Laura. Thank you. Oh, I'm actually enjoying some cold weather in Texas and have been spending some time in front of the fireplace. <laughs> that is the opposite so. of what I'm experiencing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yay. So this is going to be our New Year's episode 2018. And we thought we'd dive in this year to a topic that we both feel quite passionate about exploring because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around this topic and it's really about balance. You know, I think there's a lot of talk in the world still about work-life balance and what that looks like. There's people who kind of um, talk about forget balance. It's, you know, it's, and they're more negative around the word balance. And I think we're, we need to redefine balance. And so that's what we're going to kind of explore today, Laura. Yeah, I think it's a perfect topic for the two of us to discuss together because it was a, the inspiration of work-life balance mm -hmm. that even brought us together mm -hmm. in our business. And interestingly enough, I think around that time, 2008, a work-life balance was already going under the under fire a little mm -hmm. bit, right? There was already um, so sort of this criticism. Um, some really some women that I really respected and mm. had a lot of, um, you know, look to what they were saying about work-life balance. I was disappointed to mm. hear some of them say, oh, it's really not about balance or balance is not my goal anymore, or, but just really kind of throwing balance under the bus altogether, yes. which is not my opinion about it. So I know we're going to talk about what our opinions are. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think because I, and I think that's what happened is there's a misunderstanding of work-life balance, right? I think a lot of people, I don't know, there's sort of this perception that work-life balance is like this teeter-totter where balance, where work is on one side and life is on one side and you're, you're balancing it 50-50 and that's the goal. And I just think that is not at all what balance is. Like to me, you know, really balance is about a feeling, right? You can feel when you're balanced. You can feel when you're imbalanced. And same in the world. You can feel where things are balanced in the world and where things are imbalanced in the world. Like right now, you know, between feminine and masculine, it's very imbalanced, right? It's much more on the masculine side, the whole world, you know, than on the feminine side. So I think, you know, it's about a feeling. And you can tell like, you know, I always, because I love to sort of have that 
that somatic side of it, right? What does it yeah. feel like for me? Because balance is going to be different for every single person. What that feels like for a person is different. And that's what we have to shift. It's not that we have to throw balance under the bus, but we actually need to look at defining it for ourselves. When do we feel balanced and when do we not feel balanced? And I always think about things like I used to love gymnastics. I used to be in gymnastics and and there's like the balance beam, right? You know, so you know when you're balanced and you feel like confident and you're standing and you're balanced and you know when you're imbalanced and you're about to fall off, right? So there's a, there's a feeling designated with each side. Yeah. And I think what you said about it's different for everyone is so important because we live in a society, we live in a culture that loves formulas, mm-hmm. right? As humans love formulas. Mm-hmm. Like, give me the top three ways I'm going to find balance. And it's just not that um, general. It, it, mm. You can't come up with those three steps and then apply it to everyone. So I love where you're going with the somatic piece of it because each person really has to feel within themselves, what do I experience in that felt place, like Mm. in sensation and in emotion and and in thoughts. It's a combination of the mind-body, but it's that sensation of balance. Mm -hmm. And there is a myth, I'd say, about that equal time energy allocation. Mm. And that's not what, in my opinion, that's not what balance is. That would be like an unrealistic um, way of living that we're walking around perfectly 50-50 or something mm. or, you know, 25-25-25-25-25. I got to keep everything. It's like that's not really, that's not life. Yeah. We're not keeping it perfectly balanced in that way. But to be for me to be balanced, it's constantly changing where sometimes I need a lot of experience expansion Mm. with a little bit of groundedness to feel it. And then other times I need a lot of sense of rootedness and groundedness with a bit of that air quality and a bit of fire spark, right? It's like those different elements in my, my constitution and in my personality and in my being are going to be different at different times, but there's a common grain of sand that feels like, okay, this is when I'm feeling good. Like this is when I feel as if I'm resourced, you know, like we talk about resourcing ourselves. And for me, it's like, huh, resourced feels balanced. And what does that look like? And it's not, it's not an equal, let's spread this out and everything is the same. No. And I kind of, I kind of think of it like centering or being grounded or, or like the eye of the storm. They say that, you know, when the storm is, is brewing around like really big storms, the eye of the storm is really calm and centered. And I kind of think of that, or you can think of it in terms of like a, a wheel turning, you know, in the center, you might be turning around, but really like you're very calm and sort of centered in that middle space. Whereas the farther you get out in the wheel, the more you're flying around, you know? And so I kind of think of it like that is like the more balanced you are, the more calm and centered you are, the more, you know, grounded you are, the less pulled you are by things, the less toppled over you are, right? And the more mm-hmm. imbalanced you are, the more toppled over you are, the more easier it is for some one thing to happen in your life and you're going to fall over. It's like there's a there's an imbalance and you're already unsteady. Yeah, exactly. And I think well, one of the other myths is that imbalance is is a bad thing. It's not always in, just like you've talked about. We have to know our edges. So yeah. when you start to feel imbalanced, it's not, oh no, uh oh, something's wrong. I'm yeah. not balanced. It's just, uh, oh, interesting. I'm imbalanced. I'm yeah. feeling top heavy or I'm mm. feeling too heavy. And what do I need to shift? 
Do I need to take that vacation that I've been prolonged, you know, postponing? Do I need to go and get my body checked? Have I been to the doctor in a while and I've actually been a little fatigued and I'm pushing myself too much? Like little signs of imbalance are like any messages that we can, if we're listening to them, they can be good directional signs, right? Telling us which way to go. Yes. Which is, which is why it's important. And this is the thing about the feminine and the somatic and the, you know, as opposed to going through the mind, most people are looking at balance through the mind. They're looking at it in terms of a definition they have, which who knows where they got that definition, who knows indoctrinated them with that definition. It's a should, it's a, the way they think it should be. And they're not able to necessarily assess and feel for themselves what that balance looks like. So for some people, you know, they can have, they can be with their kids all the time and they feel balanced, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, they can work more and just be at home a little bit and they feel balanced, you know, mm-hmm. and so we're all different. And that's the thing is everyone has to assess where their own balance is. For me, I need a lot of work time and I also need a lot of personal time. And then I need time mm-hmm. with the kids, but uh, I actually probably do better with less time with the kids so that when I'm with them, it's really quality. When I'm with them, I'm really with them, right? I'm not feeling pulled to do something else. It's like I need that solitary space to feel balanced. It's really, really important. That's a really good point. I recently discovered that one of the reasons that I need work time to feel balanced is because for me, my work is a really creative act, right? So for me to work is my creativity. So Mm. some people may go to a canvas to paint. Some people may want to, you know, go and sculpt something, create in that way. And for me, it's being able to put together things in my business Mm. in a way that's creative or to solve issues that I feel like are really um, kind of at the edge of my understanding. And that challenges me to think creatively, right? So once I finally realized that, I gave myself more permission to be balanced with time at work in solitary work sometimes is when, you know, I love collaborative work, but solitary work is when I kind of go big vision and mm. get to create things just kind of out of nothing. So that's really, that's really um, sustaining for me to have that, mm. that energy come back. So I think that's a really good point to think of, you know, it just looks different. Some people don't need six weeks of vacation a year. They need 12. Some people don't need, 12 weeks, they need 12 days. Like everyone's different in the way that they manage their energy. Yeah. And so this comes back to, I think we've talked about energy management before in these episodes and it, it's really coming back to that as well. It's like, how do you know what works for you? Yep. That's the really important piece. And balance is not a one size fits all type of thing. It's no. never going to be. No. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's the two really important points we're making is that, you know, number one, you know, we have to get rid of the definition around balance. It's like equality, you know, because that is just not balance. And number two, balance is different and has to be defined for ourselves, you know. And I think the other thing we've talked about is that it changes over time. Like it's really interesting for, for me right now because I'm going through this kind of transition in my business and in my life where, you know, prior to, you know, because I've been in business for, gosh, almost two decades and and I've never been able to work at home. Like working at home for me is like, like so imbalancing, right? Forever. 
And I always wanted to be out in co-working spaces. That's why we created a co-working space. And, you know, I always wanted to be out in coffee shops and I've always worked out somewhere. And that was more balancing for me at that time. But it's really interesting because for the first time, I've just moved my home office. I've just moved my office back home out of a co-working space. And for the first time ever, I want to work at home. And that's so much more balancing. So I, you know, it's such an interesting shift in my life, but I'm a different person now and I'm very busy and I'm on the phone a lot and I'm working with clients a lot. And I think there's something about a peaceful home and a relaxed home and more space where there's no one here during the day when my kids are at school that it provides that balance for me. So balance, you know, whatever that means to you and however you define it, it will change over time. So you can't be attached. That's why there's that constant check-in. How balanced do I feel? Do I feel like something's really imbalanced? And I use that a lot in my work with people as well. Like I'm always feeling for their imbalance, right? Or incongruity. You can call it some different things, you know, balance, imbalance, incongruity. But I'm always looking at what are the areas of their life that are imbalanced? Because sometimes just a tiny shift or a tiny tweak can really like change the way that someone's operating. Mm-hmm. And I love your point about it changing. It changes through our lifetime. Sometimes it changes from week to week. And being able to understand that we are that fluid. We are changing beings and, and being able to just checking in, tune in. This comes back to why it's so important to learn oneself, you know, to understand how well you resource yourself and what does that feel like? Um, one thing that I didn't know about myself until I was almost 30 was how my breath indicated, you know, where I was in that level of resourced ability. Mm-hmm. And so it was through some of my somatic training I was having to do professionally. And of course, doing the work on myself, I was like, oh, wow, I can simply notice my breathing. And it tells me a lot. And I resource really well with breath. So I use breath really. So sometimes I will quickly be regulating myself kind of unconsciously before I've even noticed this level of stress, which is great from a body perspective. But I needed that mind body connection because Mm -hmm. then my body is doing it. And then my mind goes, oh, look what you're doing. This is really interesting. You're already regulating what's going on unconsciously. What's stressing you out? What are you perceiving? And this is something I think is really important is that people don't understand that our body takes in information from the world through sensation before our brain makes a conclusion about it. (laughs) So we, our body is already taking action before our neocortex is registered. Ooh, here's a thought Mm. about this. It's kind of like summaries by the time it gets into the thought process. So starting to notice that slight tension that you hold or that way your breath changes or that little feeling in your belly and in your gut that tells you something. It's like those are all ways that you can start to understand your incongruencies or your imbalance or out of balance. And it's something that if you start to really learn the language of the body, you're already a step ahead because you're already then able to notice it and maybe shift something, shift a pattern. You're going, pushing yourself maybe to do this next thing, go to the grocery store, just do that one more errand. And then if you start noticing, you go, you know what, that can wait till tomorrow. 
I'm going to go home and be with my family. Like that's, I'm just going to order out. (laughs) It's like, again, I can't handle the grocery store tonight. You know, whatever it is, small or big, it's something that happens when we start noticing the body. Yeah. And I think that, you know, leads into some of what you, like what you just said is that a lot of people are using the mind and not listening to the body and therefore they're pushing through their imbalance and they're creating more imbalance. Like it's going to be a lot harder to wind back to balance instead if we were checking in more often, if we were looking at, you know what, it's okay. And I think it's about like permission almost, right? So yeah. I mean, it's funny because I've heard from a lot of the listeners of the podcast, they talk about, you know, some, like, sometimes they just feel like we've given them permission to listen to themselves or permission to not do what everybody else does or permission. And I think, you know, of course, we're not actually giving out permission, but I think sometimes when you hear, yeah, it's okay, it's actually really good to check in with yourself and do what's aligned with yourself or to do what's more in balance with yourself. And you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. And you don't have to do whatever the world thinks you should do. And you don't have to follow those guidelines. You literally can follow your own compass, your own beingness. And if you do, you'll be a lot happier. Yeah. Yes. And it is giving. So it's that first attuning and noticing, and then it's giving ourselves permission to follow that, whatever that message is, because there are going to be times that the message is whispering. The body's just whispering a little something to us and we can tune in and say, oh, I hear you, body. And I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to rest or I'm going to or I'm going to go for that run or whatever it is that I need. I'm going to listen. And then sometimes it's yelling at us and we're still like, no, I don't want to, I cannot give myself permission to listen to you right now. My kids need me or my family needs me or my work needs me. And really that is huge. That might be one of the most important things about actual balance is can you listen to the nuances of yourself, your body, what it's telling you, because it's pointing you in, in a certain direction that will bring about more of that sense of of what it feels like to be balanced. Like you said, you think of it as kind of that balance beam and that feeling in the core of you. And I think of it, yeah, as kind of the same sort of that feeling in the core when you're just expanded and kind of expanding and contracting, mm-hmm. like in a way that feels like it's really in line, um, which I think brings us back again to why is it that so many people are kind of calling balance out and saying that it's not possible when if you actually look at the way the body works, biologically, we do find balance. The body constantly returns to balance. That's Mm -hmm. why the nervous system responds really well when you give it what it needs, when it's overactivated and it's in its sympathetic and then we get anxiety, it needs to contract in order to go back into parasympathetic. That's a balance. That's a yin and a yang and a in and an out. I mean, those are all like natural principles in nature, in the world, in our biology. So it doesn't seem so strange that we would believe that that's possible emotionally, energetically in our work-life balance. Well, and I think part of that is they're, they're reacting. So rather than redefining, 
They're reacting to the way that balance has been defined. So, so, you know, you can think about it in terms of like the people that I know that are quite popular who've done that. You know, they, they're highly creative. They're really passionate about their work. And somehow it's like they needed to reject balance because maybe the guilt trips they were getting around not being with their kids enough, or maybe, you know, they're, um, you know, people are telling them they need to be more at home instead of more in their work. And maybe they're staying up really late because that's where their creative juices are and they're being criticized for it. So I think it's more about the way it's been defined. And then people are resisting it or reacting to it or rejecting it versus just redefining it for themselves, which is a lot easier, <laughs> really. I mean, yeah, you know, rather than being like, screw balance, you know, instead mm-hmm. it's more like, okay, well, what is balance for me? And I think, you know, in talking about parenting, like this is a big deal because what I see a lot is that women who are ambitious or women who really love their work or women who need those creative outlets or just women who need time for themselves, oftentimes they're imbalanced because of their belief about how they should parent, right? Yeah. So, and I can get that way as well. Like, you know, I have this thing around food, like preparing food for my family, not eating out. Like there's just a thing I have. I don't know where that came from, but it's been in me a long time. And I feel guilty when we eat out too much. I feel guilty when we eat leftovers. I feel guilty when I'm not in the kitchen cooking every night. And and that can push me into imbalance because I'm tired and because I just, some nights I just don't have it in me. And if I push myself to do it, I'm going to be way more imbalanced. And so I think that oftentimes, especially as parents, you know, or anything where we've got something outside of, you know, one thing that we do, it's like we feel guilty and we've been told that we should be a certain way. And so then we're, we, we push ourselves through imbalance in order to meet some kind of like obligation or idea about something or a concept versus actually listening to our body to say, you know what? I'm still a badass parent, even though I'm only with my kids this much time. Like when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids and they love me. They know I love them. I'm taking care of them, but I'm also a whole person and I'm more balanced if I'm doing these other things. Yeah. Oh, I think this is such a good point that you bring up guilt. I think that the correlation between people throwing balance under the bus and guilt is really high. Yeah. And, and maybe there's some, there's some, um, I guess accuracy in that we should be throwing out any kind of perfectionism and again, equal time, energy allocation, balance, all of that that you need to be perfectly balancing it, that you, you know, need to be a hundred percent here while you're simultaneously 100% over here, that's impossible. So yes, we should throw that concept of balance out. But unfortunately, we've just thrown it all out. And then we're not talking about so where do we give ourselves permission? And how do we actually reclaim our time? You know, like, how do we reclaim balance or rethink it, and redefine it in a way that does feel more in alignment with who we are? And I think that that's why you and I are both a little like up in arms about it or it gets under our skin Mm. when we see so many women, especially those in any type of leadership or their mentors and their people that other women look up to and they just kind of throw it out like, no, wait, 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 Like let's stop before we just kind of throw all that out because there's something really we don't want to lose the value of what it means to have radical moments of self-care and allegiance to self 
and alignment mm. and all of the beautiful things that we should be able to, right, should, that we actually want to be able sort to strike the should or could and would, but like the things that we just must do for ourselves because it's an allegiance to ourselves. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to give a picture, like let's look, because the, the previous sort of definition of balance is equal, right? Like 50, 50 or, you know, or, you know, 33, 33, 33, you know, depending on what you've got going on. <laughs> but let, let's, uh, let's look at it in terms of like, say a recipe. If you're making a beautiful dinner, right? There's a, there's a, there's a, a feeling of balance that comes out in as far as the taste goes, right? You, you have to put different amounts of each thing in to taste balanced, right? So you wouldn't want to put, you know, as much black pepper as you put in salt or it would be really imbalanced, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a balanced taste might have a little bit of this, a lot of this, a little bit of this. And so that's like our lives. We have to look at it in terms of, you know, a pinch of this, a pinch of that, a lot of this, a little bit of this. And each one has to decide what that taste is for themselves, what that flavor is they want for their life, what feels balanced. And and it won't be equal. None of it will be equal. It will all be individual. It'll all be, um, you know, I might have 60% here and 30% here and 5% here and 5% here. And, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a pie, right? If I think of it more yeah. like a pie chart, we're a pie and there's lots of things that are going to go into that pie chart that will be balanced for us. That will change over time. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of how we have to shift and see it. Yeah, that's very true. Cause when you think of that circular pie, it could be like, a, like you said, 5% little sliver of work for someone at that uh, one point where this huge 50% is family mm. and that's really where they want. And then they have these other little slivers of different aspects of their life and then it changes and then 50, 75% goes to work, you know, and then 20 to family and five to self or something. I mean, it, yeah. it's never a, a static formula and it's yeah. never the same for every one person. So really coming back to how, how might we think about ourselves and our relationship to what feels good mm. for us in our life and how are we meeting these different, you know, quadrants of ourselves or these many different um, pieces of the pie. Yeah. That feels whole. Yeah. And I think, you know, we also have to look, cause, cause I think this topic for me sort of leads into, um, sort of a bigger topic, which is sort of the feminine and masculine in the world, right? Because I feel like the world is very imbalanced, right? We've got a huge masculine dominance, which is leading into things like, you know, war and, and, um, competition and greed. And, you know, so you have sort of logic as opposed to emotion and feeling and compassion. And so I think, you know, this is a really interesting topic as well, because even inside of ourselves, you know, there is a balance of feminine and masculine, but that balance is really different for each person. And you and I've had extensive conversations about this. I mean, for me, I'm much more on the feminine side. So to be balanced, I need probably like, 70% 70% my feminine operating and 30% of my masculine. Like that for me is probably more of the correct balance. So I still have masculine or I would do nothing, right? I would just flow and be water and like have no, you know, action and fire and, you know, logic. Like you still need yeah. that reasoning. So I have the masculine, but I operate better when there's way more feminine to masculine ratio. Whereas I know other women 
who are much more masculine naturally. Like that's innately who they are. So they're better operating way more in their masculine, but they still need some of the feminine. And it goes in a spectrum, right? Whoever you are. But it's figuring yeah. out who you are. It's figuring yeah. out how you best operate. And I don't think enough people have explored because there's so much masculine dominance. Most women don't even know what it might feel like to have more feminine you know, yeah. dominance. They don't even know what that would look like, or they have really, really bad reference points for that, right? Like moms yeah. who were not balanced or, you know, not responsible or, you know, so there's all these sort of bad reference points for that feminine side of us, you know, what we were brought up with. But I think, yeah. you know, this is a really important part of the topic as well, because I guess, you know, for me, my passion is, you know, really creating more balance in the world and in the business world specifically. Yeah. Because it's so masculine dominated that, that people who are more on the feminine like me, they don't know how to operate in the masculine world like that. They don't know how to operate in their business effectively because they're still trying to use too much of their masculine side and they very quickly get imbalanced and exhausted and overwhelmed and not successful. And so yeah. I think, you know, this is a good sort of veer off in this topic to, mm -hmm. you know, what does that look like and what is that about the feminine masculine as well yeah i really um, appreciate that re that kind of um bridge over there because the, what i thought of when you said for you 70 30 i think for me i'm kind of in the 60 40 right now and i'd i'd like to get to 70 30 um my masculine side has always worked really well and been rewarded but the more i learn about myself and about my business it needs me to really be in my feminine um, gifts and it needs me, you know, and as a psychotherapist, so much of it is intuitive, but I went a very academic route. It was all about learning theory and how do you, well, do you apply it and how do you just read more about that? And how do you just, you know, it's very much through that intellectualization, which is why when I started to connect all of that into the somatic realm, it changed not only my profession, but it changed me personally. Mm. And just a little story to this point was I went on a, a, a work-life retreat last week and just took the day to go to a spa. Um, but I brought my journals and my papers and pens, and I really wanted to do some work in the morning. And then I had my massage scheduled for the afternoon. And so I was like, well, I'm going to kind of be in this creative workspace and I'm going to sketch everything out and I'm going to make sense of things. So I start the day trying to make sense of things with my journal and my pens and, you know, this idea of what is 2018 going to look like? How am I going to structure my team? What are my priorities? And I just was coming up short. I was like grasping at empty straws. <laughs> like they were just like falling through my fingers and I'm in this beautiful environment. I'm thinking maybe I should be, I don't know, I should just chunk it and do this massage and, and just let go of everything around work. But this other little kind of nudge was saying, well, why don't you just do work differently? Like that's what you know. Why are you not doing it? And so I just put everything aside and I went out on this beautiful porch and set my timer for 20 minutes. And I said, okay, meditating for 20 minutes, meditating for 20 minutes. I'm not going to ask myself any specific question except what do I need to know? Mm, and I okay. went on to have the most profound visual image, um, a whole story of things that was really important for me to know. 
And it was about something I've been avoiding. And it was about some unconscious fear that was still layers under something I thought I'd already uncovered. Mm. And had I not sat for 20 minutes in that meditation, I'd be starting 2018 with my perfect little list, (laughs) but still have this seriously important unconscious emotion. It would be like sabotaging me (laughs) year long. But instead, I found it. It's still, I'm still looking at it and I'm still working with it. It did not resolve itself in that 20 minutes, but it presented itself. I allowed it to emerge. And now I understand something really, really important about my business this year that I would have never uncovered from that masculine perspective of strategy that I was trying to put on myself. That yeah. is an awesome story. That's such an awesome representation because I've, I've been thinking a lot about the sort of these extremes of, you know, we obviously are often coming from the viewpoint of the feminine, which is to feel and to, there's no right or wrong way. There's no structure. There's no like, you are this or you should be this. It's really like, okay, how do I feel today? And I'm, am I operating from that feeling? And, and what creates alignment with myself, which is really unique? And how do I find balance? And, you know, th- this is really the feminine, in the way that we talk about, but I've seen some extreme masculine recently, which is just a good sort of representation for me of like, okay, and not that you know, it's not bad or wrong. It's yeah. just that it's very different way to operate. So, you know, I know someone who's very much about measurements. Like they're like, forget if, if you're struggling with your emotions and just measure everything. And that's the one thing you can't measure. But like if everything else is measured, you'll feel more in control. And I'm like, yeah, look, that's a really masculine viewpoint to deal with things, right? Whereas me, I'm like, let's just dive into the emotion. Let's figure out what, let's unpack that. Like that's, that's a very feminine way to come about it. But from a very masculine viewpoint, it's like, it's logic and, you know, measurement. And the more you can control and measure, the better. And I get Mm -hmm. that. And that's good if you operate more effectively in that way. But most of us don't as women. And so because of that, you know, we, we can't measure everything. We can't logically come at everything. And we can't try to structure everything from our mind of how it should be. And this is why a lot of people are failing in their business. Instead of doing, like you said, where we're feeling and we're coming from the inside out versus the outside in, we're feeling what is there. We're feeling what, you know, emotions are there that we need uncovered. And by removing those, we're going to be so much more effective. We're feeling the vision. And when that happens, then we can put the logic in place after. It's like when the feminine comes first, that's where the wisdom is. And then Mm -hmm. from there, we can use the masculine in ourselves to put it into place, to implement it. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. And that's what I feel like what happened for me is that my feminine stepped into that leadership position and helped me discover the, the core issues that I needed to know. And then the masculine action and strategy is going to be so much more effective because it's informed it's an informed masculine that was informed by the feminine knowing in the intuition that was there. And it's so interesting how we flip flopped so much in this world and we're coming from everything's leading the masculine's leading and we're developing these thoughts and then we're going to plug it in and see how it feels and check it out with the feminine. But we really have to reverse that and flip it the other way. And if we start flipping it the other way, I mean, you and I have both experienced in our life, it hasn't been an easy journey because a lot of 
things are against us in that way. Mm-hmm. We're going upstream, yeah. uh, up against the current. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been easy. And we thank good, goodness, you know, we have each other because we, it helps like find your tribe of other people who are paddling upstream yeah. because you're going to need to check in with them from time to time. And just because they're going to remind you that this is okay. Like this is evolution yes. and we're having to flip everything on its head because we've been coming from a place that isn't necessarily ever was ever intended to be the leader possibly. Yes. Right. And it's so easy. And I will tell you, even from like me, like this is my passion, right? This is my purpose in life. Like I'm here to, to, you know, write this imbalance with the feminine. Yeah. Like uh, no matter how core I study it, I'm like, this is, I'm immersed in it. And yet I still fall off. Right. I still get caught up in the masculine paradigms and the masculine appreciation and what the the masculine wants. And I still get caught that up. I still kick my feminine out of leadership, you know, in my, in my business. And all of a sudden everything's not feeling good. And then I'm like, what's, what's going on? I'm all in balance. Well, I kicked the feminine out of leadership. Well, that, that, that will do it. You know, so, so I think, you know, this is, it's because it really is upstream. It really is a discipline. It really is a conscious understanding that we need to put our feminine back in the leadership position. And it's an interesting exploration as well. Like I know women really well, right? This is what I've studied, who I've hung out with, who I've talked to, who I'm in depth. I've worked some with men, but I worked more probably with more feminine men, like more innately feminine men, not, not feminine men, but you know, that have more of an inclination to towards the feminine. And I think, I wonder if this sort of putting the feminine in the leadership position for the wisdom isn't true for all people. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know because I, as I said, I, I'm not the expert for men, but I wonder if even in men, it isn't important to put that feminine wisdom, that feeling, that compassion, that connection also in a place of leadership. But I know for the feminine, it's important. I know for women, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. I would go, I would, I would definitely bet on the fact that it's, it would be in the benefit of humanity if the female, the feminine leadership was able to have its, its time. Yeah. You know, if we really, I think that it's done men and women a disservice, um, to put it as the lower ranked quality. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting because I was just thinking, I was reading an article about, you know, so many things that once they become associated with, um, like when they become gendered and associated with the female, associated with the woman, they drop yeah. in their value, mm. right? So if you really just looked at the essence of masculine and feminine as these energies of humans, yeah. they had, they were had equal value, but just different aspects. Yes. But then as women became, you know, or feminine traits became gendered to female and women, then they just like just started dropping so that no one wanted to be associated with those traits. And that has been such a disservice to us all. Yeah. Because there was never any reason to kick female, the feminine out of leadership. Yeah. And that's why 50-50, the population, <laughs> speaking of population, I mean, we are a pretty balanced population. We have to have mm. the gender, male and female. And there was an energy that mirrored that. 
Yep. And it's so, you know, for some reason, we've decided that half of the population needs to be less than and half of our human energy needs to be less. Mm. And only um, created a huge challenge to our own selves and our own evolution as, as humans, it seems. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's the thing is we're incredibly imbalanced and you can see it in the manifestation of what's happening in the world, global warming and wars and, you know, constant rape. And I mean, all the things that are happening in the world, you know, are because we have this imbalance because the compassion and the connection. See, that's the thing is that when we are really connected, when we are in our feminine compassion, when we like, there is no possibility of hurting another person, like, because we're connected to them. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and this is the piece that's so interesting. And so I think, yeah, there's just an incredible imbalance and I don't know what it's going to take to truly balance it. I mean, maybe it means that we have to have a lot more of the feminine than the masculine for a time. But I know yeah. that at one time it was very balanced. Both sides, mm-hmm. both energies, both male and female were revered for mm-hmm. their, their qualities and for the things yeah. that they brought to the table. There was a reverence for both sides. Yes. But we've lost that reverence for the feminine, especially like, you know, there's, there's very little reverence for the feminine except in terms of servitude, you know, so, you know, in terms of making babies for us, in terms of being in the kitchen cooking and, you know, and and I see this all the time, like a lot of men Mm -hmm. still appreciate their women for Mm -hmm. their servitude, you know, but for everything else they bring, not as much, you know, (laughs) with with a bit rebellious or it's them keeping their wisdom in. Well, there's less value in that. But, you know, if you're still cooking in the kitchen or if you're still bringing babies, well, there's more appreciation for that. So there's a whole sort of, you know, really interesting, you know, thing in the world. But I think that, you know, at one time there was a more equal reverence, you know, the masculine had its place, the feminine had its place, and there was a reverence, neither was either or better, or worse, it was like there was the right place. And this swings us back around to what we're talking about with balance, there's a Mm -hmm. right place for everything, you know, whether it's the feminine, masculine in the world, or what, you know, how we're operating in ourselves, our work life balance, there's, there's a right and wrong place inside ourselves for each piece. And we've yeah. got to sort of piece that together until we feel what, what that balance is, is like. And I, I honestly think probably very few people really have a reference point for what balance feels like in themselves. Yeah. Well, just because people don't know what it feels like in themselves to feel healthy. Mm. They don't know what it feels like to really often feel content or happy. I mean, these are all things that escape us in so many ways because we're not very internally focused in, in our current generations of, um, of humanity. You know, it's like we've become very externally focused, focused on the, um, how the the machines and the technology and everything around us, how does it serve us? How does it connect us? Um, you know, how are we going to build our careers or how are we going to acquire more material items? So everything's like this very external focus. And I think that the more, and I think that that is very much the masculine leading. I think the masculine leads in the external, because there is something when it's balanced, it's actually something positive to know your surroundings, to be oriented to what's to your world. Mm. But internal 
sense of focus, this ability to know self, mm. to, to fill oneself up, to love self first. All of those things are somehow there. It's like a lost art, right? The lost feminine art, the lost art of internal connection. And I think that's why we see so many challenges in our current society, in our world. And and because people are wounded, people are hurting, and they're lonely. There's an epidemic of loneliness and disconnection. Mm. And people don't know how to source it from within. They don't know how to find that that sense. And so I think that when we see people just throwing balance out, it's it's this rejection of something that they don't even people are just like, God, I know I need that. But I don't I want to not even think about it. So there's a misunderstanding of it. There's yeah. a definite like needing to rethink it. And I think it's also just something that almost when truth is kind of right there, and you just don't want to look at it, you don't want to think about how that would be really important for us. Yeah, to have an internal sense of what it feels like to feel whole or satiated mm. or happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, so, so, I mean, I think as we were sort of wrapping up today, I think this is a really good, I mean, this is the first day of the new year. I think this is a really good time for everyone to just look at this inside themselves. Like what does it even feel like to be balanced and imbalanced? I mean, if I look back in my life, it, it's definitely not a constant feeling I've had, but I have some sort of specific moments where I felt really balanced. And then it's like, I have those reference points. Okay. So that's my reference yeah. point. And now, you know, I can practice in my daily life. I can operate and say, okay, I'm feeling pretty out of balance. Oh, I'm feeling way out of balance. All right. Well, what can, what do I need to adjust to sort of bring back into balance and look at it in terms of many things like how you're operating your work, your life, your family, and it's letting go of all expectation of all preconceived judgments of what it should look like so that you can actually feel and give yourself permission to create balance for yourself, no matter what, no matter what your friends say, no matter what your family says, no matter what, no, it doesn't matter. Like if you're not balanced, you're not going to be your best self for anyone else. Mm Hmm. I love that. Yes. So, one thing that comes to mind is you say that for me, I, and I'm curious what the listeners find is like, where do you find that it's easier for you to get that sense? And like, I'd say for me personally, and I hear this so many times being in nature, mm-hmm. being out in nature is one of those ways that we can connect to that sense. And I'll say that one of the reasons why is because nature is full of harmonizing energy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like as humans, we spend ourselves, we, we create a lot of artificial environments, right? There's a lot of plastic. There's a lot of (laughs) materials that we've created. Um, and, and, uh, and thank goodness for a lot of them in many ways, medical technology, there's been some beautiful things that humans have done, but we have to remember that when we don't quite get it anymore, Mm. we can't quite find ourselves then go to where that energy is organic, yeah. you know, go to the ocean waves and feel the tug of the, the ebb and the flow or go hug a tree. Literally, yeah. you know, forest bathing is a thing in Japan because 
they actually will go and take themselves out into the forest because Tokyo and th- places that are so dense with people, they start to lose that sense. So it's mm-hmm. like, go and be around trees, go and be in the ocean, go and be around the mountains and just mm-hmm. hear it and feel it breathing, you know? So that's one thing I just want to share that that's not just you. A lot of people are like, oh, I know for me, it's nature. It's Hands down, as a psychotherapist, if I was to tell you, it's probably 99% of people will always list nature as a place that they can go to find themselves when they're they're off and they're missing, right? And they can't yeah. quite get back to that place. Yeah, and I, and I think that brings up to, like, if you are more aware of your balanced and imbalanced self, then you can create strategies to rebalance yourself, right? And this is the key. So whether that's literally changing something because you're imbalanced and like you've been working too much and you're not home enough or you've been at home too much and you're not working enough. So, you know, you can shift balance in that way if you know what that feels like. But also in terms of just rebalancing internally. So, you know, I know when I'm working a lot and I'm with the kids a lot and I've had no time for myself, I've got to rebalance myself. And so that might be a salt bath or that might be going out of nature or a spa day or just sleep or whatever it is you need to rebalance yourself. You're more aware of the strategies and and what you can do in those instances if you're first aware of what it even feels like in yourself, if you can define it for yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And thank you for bringing up sleep because sleep is one of the most powerful ways, right? That we reset our nervous system and we have so many sleep challenges in our Mm -hmm. society. People, yeah, don't know how to shift down. And so learning if you aren't sleeping well, there's, there's ways (laughs) to learn. Yeah. What you do. That's are good. Legs up the wall, different (laughs) things. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the sleep look, disturbance is hard. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic in and of yeah. itself. I mean, I, <laughs> I have terrible sleep and partly because of my three-year-old still wakes up in the middle of the night every single night. But, you know, I think, yeah, it's a really interesting piece. And, and just well, like for me, I know for 2018, what I've realized is I'm imbalanced in my care of myself. So mm-hmm. I'm rebalancing for 2018. So I've started to put sort of measures in place and things to do that recreate more balance for me. And part of that is getting better sleep, going to bed earlier, you know, getting more quality sleep, turning off electronics two hours before I go to bed, you know, like mm-hmm. doing things like very deliberately that begin to rebalance. And this is what I think is really important is that we all have to look at, you know, know, what does that mean for us? For me, I know I need more sleep. I'm not getting enough. And it's, and I'm, and I'm seeing the effect of that. But for some other people, they do amazing on six hours sleep every night. So, you know, there's no right or wrong here. We can't tell you what's going to balance you, but what we can say is, is do that exploration inside yourself and you'll be a much more happier, fulfilled, successful, productive person. Yes, yes. And although I will add, research does show that the average person requires eight to nine hours of sleep and mm-hmm. the average American is only getting six hours. Yeah. So we all know we're here in the States, we're sleep deprived. So <laughs> let's do more nap rooms. I've got a nap space <laughs> in my co-working space for a reason, <laughs> but I need to use it more often. I'm going to try to and get in there. So we're, we're yeah. saying here, napping equals balance. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's do Sum it up. Naps equal balance. I love it. There's your takeaway. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. 
We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.